Detachment is not giving up the things in this world, but accepting the fact and to be continuously aware that nothing is permanent. Aditya Ajmira. Bending Not Breaking, Season 6, Episode 11, Enter the Void. Welcome back to another episode of Bending Not Breaking. This is Ben Pruitt, and unfortunately, COVID has occurred and stolen sunshine from this episode, not because he has COVID, but because one of his staff members has COVID and he has to cover for them. But normally, we would reschedule, but we had a really special guest scheduled for tonight, and we could not redo all of that because there was a lot of planning involved and we just wanted to make sure we were honoring everybody's time. So I am very pleased to introduce and reintroduce, for those of you who know her already, Cricket Lee. That's right, everybody. It's happening again. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Cricket Lee is most likely well known to all of you as the voice of May in Avatar The Last Airbender, but Cricket is so much more than that. Cricket received her BFA in theater. That was, you know, all the voice acting and all the acting and all the things that were going on there. But not only that, later on chased a different dream of becoming a therapist specializing in trauma. Hello, that's me. By earning her degree, uh, her LMSW rather, from Western Michigan University. And that's super exciting. So now she serves the world as the chief clinical director of Blend Mental Health, BLND. And if that wasn't enough, you can still catch her singing the blues in her band Cricket Creek too. Cricket you really can do it all. Tell us, like, how are you? What's going on? I'm so excited to be here. I really cannot do it all because I burned dinner this week. I'm not great at everything, you know, but the band part I can do. Anything where I'm using my mouth, like talking and yelling and screaming and singing, I'm great with, but like just some hand-eye coordination, sometimes driving. Those are the areas that um, my husband would say I struggle with. So yes, I'm good at some things, not at everything. I'm so excited to be back with you, Ben. And I'm sad for Sunshine, but he's doing a great duty by filling in for someone who is not well. Yeah, he is doing the work and he is sad to have this conversation, to miss this conversation with you. Well, we're going to have him in a little, I'll hold a little candle right here for him and pretend that he's here with us. Oh, I'm here for it. All the brightness comes from sunshine, <laughs> right? That's right. <laughs> well, Cricket, I would love to just take a moment to just lean into you for a minute and just really appreciate you and tell us what you've been up to. It's you haven't, you yeah. were on our podcast twice before, but it's been a while. And it's I been a while. We were, we were in the middle of COVID and I think my stepkids were home being schooled by their computers, which was an epic fail. Of course, you, you know <laughs> how that goes. Uh, but what I've been doing, I've been doing a lot of comic cons, which has been amazing. Oh. I never really did them. Um, when the other cast was doing them, I was busy either just like writing or performing and I didn't really know it was a thing. And then once I became a therapist and knew it was a thing, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. This is a subculture of humans who are awesome and kind (laughs) and talented. And I was like, what, 
why aren't they running the world? This is, we should yeah. be the subculture. Like I loved it. So I'd gotten on the circuit a little, I've gotten to go to this year, been traveling, I went to Memphis for the blues fest where my band performed. And then I got to go to Knoxville for a Comic-Con and I've just been going to Ohio and just meeting fans, which has been amazing. Mm. And then in between, of course, I get to see clients, lots of couples, lots of kids, um, you know, going through stuff in life that sucks, uh, like many of us. Um, yeah. So it's been great to be able to have both the creative outlet and the helper healer outlet. Yeah, there's just so much going on. And I'm, I have been having a growing desire to attend a Comic-Con myself. I have oh. never, never gone. Oh, um, like every time I'm like, mm. I follow all the voice actors. I follow all of you. Yes, you see us. Yeah. So I see together. you on, like every weekend. One of you is at some Comic-Con. And when like, you come, you're going to get like VIP treatment from us because we know you and we're going to take pictures. And... and that's the goal, right? <laughs> yeah, we will. We, of course we will. And, um, you know, it's funny. Some people will come up and want an autograph, but some people say, Hey, can you be on our podcast? I'm like, of course. And they're like, well, don't you need payment? I'm like, no, I I'm just a human being sitting here. Like who yeah. cares? Like I have, like I have the key to the universe, you know, but, I, but there's such sweet people. You've got to go to one. The creativity is amazing. Yeah. That I recently had on KK Bracken. Who oh, okay. Is- uh, do you know Kay? I do, not personally, but okay. yeah. Yeah, Kay, she's been um, really putting up a lot of work to create this whole solo fandom Comic-Con that's going to be really exciting next March, I believe. And just hearing, go. like, I, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> Fun, yeah. Funding and all the things are I'm trying yeah. to make sure, but uh, I, what I was most impressed with in my conversation was the commitment to making sure that everyone feels welcome yes yes that that uh, inclusion right okay like it's now taught as a thing okay yes but it's also just should be like human nature Mm -hmm. to include everyone and I'll tell you when I went there I certainly felt included but I was considered this you know this actress but I really felt like these were the some of the most um authentic interesting people i was like wow this these people are not really underdogs i think they're getting mischaracterized and look we're underdogs everywhere but i I really felt like they were being mischaracterized and so when i go i try to just empower them you know we went to the children's hospital so we got to meet with these you know really ill kids amazing and i was like you're my hero and they're crying and you know it's just like Gosh, life is really long and there's a lot to it. And, you know, acting is really like, okay, but it's not changing the world. Um, Although when you're around them, you can, right? You can say to them, hey, you think what I did was cool. I think what you're doing is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that I I want there to be an acknowledgement in that, that acting, I guess, in the moment, right, doesn't necessarily feel like it's doing something. Yeah. And I think the benefits that come from it are often outside of the periphery of the of the creators. Yes. Um, but like the amount of good that Avatar alone has done for the world is is pretty exceptional. I think I would agree. Right? And and because we had that resurgence, I mean, if we didn't have Netflix, you know, I still think there'd be diehard fans and I'd be yeah you know, getting to meet people, but that just did something to where now I see little kids, their parents, and they all love it. And I'm like, okay, this is special. 
what are they seeing in this and in Cora, right? That is so special and so unique. And at one of the cons, I started to integrate my mental health stuff. So um, it talks about mental uh, mental health and anime and, and how they integrate and why they do. So I'm yes. just starting to like get my brain into that. And then whoever's interested can come. And there were a lot of therapists there and yeah. psychiatrists. I was like, oh my God, I love that people who are interested in the, you know, human behavior are also big fans. Yeah. There's a, I, I mean, that's part of the premise of the show, right? Is that we are trying to merge these two things of talking about how our, our love of fiction can be treated sacred in, in a sacred way that is helping us better live in the world, in our reality, right? As we escape into yeah. our own fictional worlds, we are learning better how to live in I our- I love that. I love that. That's a great way of looking at it. Like escapism is actually not escaping, but tapping into what you can do yeah. with your own two feet. Well, and I, th I think that's what, what fantasy really does. Mm -hmm. I think it's the same premise. I think Vanessa Zoltan, who is a podcaster, author, et cetera, who is, uh, I admire a great deal has, has talked about this and, you know, every time we treat, um, romance novels even mm. is these these fantasy like oh that's like so like this mm -hmm. but when you can imagine yourself into a, a better situation and you can read and like create this better situation it's helping us feel mm. more wired to experience that in the real world that's a good point good point i think um if you were starved of and you meet people like this who didn't have TVs or couldn't watch TV or couldn't yeah. watch or couldn't read certain books, uh, that would be a great study to look at them and then look at the folks that did and to see how their brains, well, what pathways were open yeah. to what kind of choices. It's a really interesting point though. And I think that's true. Like we do have mirror neurons. So if we're seeing something, I, I'm naturally going to be like, I can totally fly and bend that. <laughs> Yes. And then I'm like, oh, sorry, mom, I'll have mac and cheese. Like, oops. yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, we have a lot to talk about. So I want to just pour us, point us rather into yeah. our next segment. You, We know you're familiar with Avatar The Last Airbender. Yes. Uh, but what is your relationship with Korra? Well, Korra, you know, so it's much longer after poor May was, was existing. Um, <laughs> so I was sad that they couldn't bring May or... Well, who knows about May's daughter, but, you know, I was sad that we couldn't continue, you know, in Cora, but it was a different version. It was a different show and equally as I think magical in different ways. And so my relationship with it was sadness just because we were done, but really happy for the creators and their own, you know, their own work. I, I just think, and I love Janet, I love Janet Varney. You know, I think she's really talented and so are so many of the voice actors in that show. Yeah. Um, and I really loved her relationship with her father. So there's there's stuff about it that that I liked very, maybe because May didn't have that. Mm, and also because yeah. Cricket didn't have that either, mm. you know? So I was like, oh, what's that like, you know, to have this man? I, I, I just, it, it's almost, I romanticize it <laughs> clearly. Yeah. Like, yeah. of course I can take that away and be like, okay, rose colored glasses away. He is just a man and they are just, but there's something fun, like you said, about escaping to the idea that, um, you know, he would do anything for her and he's so proud of her for saving the world. And, you know, yeah. so that's my, my relationship to Cora is that I, I wish I could have been her best friend in it. 
That would have been awesome. (laughs) But we're friends in real life now, so that's fine. Yeah. And she's a crime fighter. I mean, she's rad. Like, who wouldn't want to be? She like goes to study air, like so she wants to be the best. Like, that's so me too. Like, I want to be excellent at everything. And then what does that mean? You do a whole thing on excellence, on success, on what that looks like. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm a big fan of Cora. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that. And, you know, we've talked about this on prior episodes, but like just the conditioning, the social conditioning that Cora experienced compared to what Aang experienced is so different. Mm-hmm. And their gen- well, yeah, gender, too. I right? think gender plays a lot yeah. of role here for sure. Yeah, that's that's true. But there's just, it's so fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a lot. There is. Uh, again, we, okay. We I, could have like 20 little parties just like offshoots on these. It's true though. And that's why they're brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. We've now had uh, a few, you know, like long bends in our conversation and we're going to keep on like, I'm going to get us back. Um, we're talking about attachment today. Yes. Attachment is our lens. And what a fascinating concept, especially, especially in this episode. Um, so I, I'm curious, what I'd love to do is have a quick like breakdown of what, what is attachment? Mm-hmm. And then we'll pause, do a quick recap of the episode and then dive on in into the conversation. How's that sound? Okay, that sounds awesome. So attachment to me, it's funny. when I, As a human, if I hadn't been a therapist and you were like, what's attachment? I would be like, oh, that's like, that's the confidence with which you relate to others. That's what I would think. Mm. Then when I became a therapist, I realized, oh, there's a whole theory, the yeah. attachment theory. <laughs> and many therapists are like, they'll go right back to that. I mean, the person could have so much happening and they're like, oh no. Yeah, I know she lost her job and her dog died. Nope, it's all about attachment. Like some people really go all the way back to that and there's no evidence otherwise. So it's possible. But as a therapist, you learn about kids who have a parent or caregiver who isn't giving a great attachment. So they come in, you know, different versions. There's secure attachment, um, you know, avoidant, anxious, disorganized. So I learned that and I realized, okay, I was lucky. Even though I had a single parent, I had a very secure attachment. So I always had confidence with other people. Mm. I was not afraid, but I also didn't go overboard. You'll see some kids come in, you meet them right then. They jump on your lap and say, I love you. And you're like, whoa. That's fascinating. Now, not bad. I'm safe. But what if I weren't? What is that saying about their attachment, the confidence and the safety? So that's where I came. But then when I watched the show, of course, it's a whole different kind of attachment. It's attachment to life itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, that scares me because I'm totally scared of death. <laughs> yeah. It's so I was like, oh my gosh, it's- that guru or whatever was like, you just have to you know, take flight, so to speak. Guru Lahima. Yes, Lahima. So that's my lens. I'm working with all three of those. Just the me, then me as a human, me as a a therapist, you know, and then, um, you know, watching the show, I see it in a lot of places throughout. Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating. It really is. Like, because like attachment in and of itself, there are so many, coming from a, divinity degree right now oh right um thinking about it from a spiritual lens is really fascinating because there are so many spiritualities and 
you know, dogmas that would suggest that like our goal is to detach ourselves from the material and only focus on the spiritual spirit. Yeah. Right. Uh, to like let go your tether, right? And that's so yes. fascinating is how do we reconcile this conversation of what on one hand, many tenets of religion are like, love one another, mm. which is like, attach yourself to one another, mm-hmm. in other words. And then this other, which is like, no, detach yourself from all things and all points whatever you call God, yeah. uh, assuming that that's, I, I don't want to say that's probably the wrong way to say it, but it, no, I mean, some call it God. I'll, I'll say people, yeah. some people call it a tree or whatever, but I agree with you. And, and I personally do, I am spiritual. And so I identify as a Christian, super mm-hmm. liberal version of a Christian. But so for me, I'm like constantly, like there was this kind of saying in the seventies and eighties, and I don't know if you've heard it, but it said, you can't take it with you. Mm-hmm. And it means you really can't like, oh, wow, hair extensions. So, you know, fake boobs. I mean, so like, what are we doing? What's it about? You know, where am yeah. I putting my money? Where am I putting my capital? My capital is in joy. So that's always been my money. That's where I spend it. That's where I deposit it in people. That's yeah. where I take it. And that's just the choice I made. My mom is that way. So I was like, wow, we can wake up and choose to be happy. And we can choose it. <laughs> Like we can actually be like, no, I'm going to be a happy human being. So I think that's a fair point that like, how do we get rid of all those tethers? I mean, look, I love nice stuff. I want stuff too. I'm a total consumer. Yeah. But in the end, I know that what matters is the people I love, my relationship with God, um, my pets, you know, and then just being really kind to people. Yeah. Which I fail at all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and that's, I, I think, I'm in a place where I'm struggling with the idea of attachment and detachment Mm -hmm. and to what am I supposed to be attached to, or rather what am I not supposed to be attached to? And like those two seemingly Mm -hmm. like, how are they conflicting and how are we? Yeah. Like, are they stopping a person from getting traction? Cause that's what I would say. Like, are they harming your wellness either way? If yeah. it's no, then there's nothing wrong with that yin yang, that push pull, nothing at all. But if it's one's getting a little funky, that's where we go. Okay. So that's about being like so raw and vulnerable. How do you even know what's going too far? How do you begin to know yourself? You know, it's a lot. And it kind of brings back this, this purpose of the podcast, right? And not, and not just the podcast, but the show, which is yeah. how do we cultivate balance, right? Yes. Brilliant. Yes. Balance. Tween law, push and pull. Yes. I said, that's exactly right. Push and pull. And yeah, I just said that randomly. Good for me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm somehow in your brain right now, but I also struggle mostly when it's in a relationship. That's where most people struggle with attaching too much and not knowing where they end and the next person begins, but even family and friends can be like that too. Yeah. Well, and also I think it's a matter of awareness, right? Some people are so attached to something and they have no idea. <laughs> no, especially money, right? Many people, well, I'm not successful if I don't do that. I'm like, well, who told you that? <laughs> uh, everyone. I'm like, oh, well then of course you think that. Like, how do I carve out a new version of myself then? You know, yeah. so hard to do. So it makes sense, you know, that people struggle with that. But yeah, in this, in this particular episode, there's a ton of 
fun attachment sort of components. Yeah. Well, let's get ready to dive in. But before we do, we got to do a nice little recap. And uh, since it's Sunshine's turn to do mm. it, I will have to take his place. And I just want everyone to know that I'm a little bitter. <laughs> um, but in lieu of that, in lieu of Sunshine offering his gr- gracious recap, I'm going to have Cricket, if you don't mind, will you count me down? Yes, um, from so what to what? Three to zero. And on zero, I'm going to just, I'm going to go and I'm going to time myself for 30 seconds. So a silent zero, correct? Yep. Okay, ready? Yep. Three, two, one. Cora agrees to turn herself in and go to, over to Zaheer. And then they're like, we're going to negotiate. And then they go, so Mako and Bolin, they're going to go rescue the air, ben, air people, air nomads. And then Cora's like, I'm going to turn myself in. And it's going to be really bad, but it's going to be okay. And then Gazan's like, hey, it's okay. And then he like lava everywhere. And turns out Zaheer's lying. And then all the metaverters come up and they fight. And then Bolin is like, we can escape from all the lava. And then they try and they're working on it. And I failed miserably that was 30 seconds i only got like halfway through i loved it your voices were my favorite though cora's voice was so cute i loved it she will be very proud you did your best you know i did my best normally i couldn't have done better honestly it's too fast yeah this and there's a lot going down in this true i mean there's all these tongue twisters too like um red lotus is i hear i mean you really have to yeah. you know work your work your vocal up for this one. yeah i key key things that i think are worth paying attention to is one like plea like goes boom um and then zahir flies those are some things that i oh my gosh i couldn't believe it i was like well she's gotta be this can't nope (laughs) and then i actually felt really bad for him which is weird but when they were like where's play and he's like she sacked i don't remember what the line was but you know she sacrificed herself and i was like but you know what's cool is if he knows he's about to take his great flight into the unknown yes it's kind of less painful yeah i don't know it's like i'm gonna go join her we went for different reasons but i'm gonna go join her well and that's an interesting let's let's dive right into that moment right so this is the the moment that zahir like he's like well i have nothing else to lose i'm letting go and yeah. worst case scenario i fall off a cliff and die and cora probably does too um and i don't know what was going on in his mind we don't like we can't know, but it's this this moment is huge because he's been reading this line from guru lahima for years now yeah. And he gets to this point where he is what I assumed was full of grief that he, like we see his reaction when he knows that plea gets blown mm-hmm. up and he then goes, his face drops, it goes neutral. And then he picks Cora up. And as soon as he's picked, yes. he drops off the cliff. Yes. But he learned to fly too. I mean, I love when he, they're like, wait when did he learn how to fly yeah yeah <laughs> so great and and so i think it i think you're right i think grief could certainly take away if if plea or your lover was your earthly delight right okay mm-hmm. that's gone not only is she going to a place i don't know where they might believe she might be but you let go of your your earthly things and you 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 join your inner spirit right you yeah. like this and take the great flight and in that you're supposed to almost i guess be closer to god or whatever their concept of god is Mm -hmm. 
closer to perfection in that way, purity. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and that's I think that's what's what's really makes me nervous, right? Um, it is it, this is a trend that we have with Ang too. Mm-hmm. Ang is clearing his chakras and he stops at the last one because of Katara and this attachment, right? Yes. And he is attached to Katara and that's what blocks his chakra. Mm-hmm. And then it, he is able to like, okay, I'm letting go. I, this is like this, I think in that moment, he's saying that his cause is more important. Yes. Right. And it's not that he doesn't love her anymore. It's mm-hmm. that because we see over the course of their lives, mm-hmm. that that's not true. And it's, so it's, 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 the show is making an argument that I'm trying to figure out that detachment is not letting go of love no it, it right. is something else and so I'm, well, i hope that we could, can figure that out it could even be well okay fair so if plea hadn't died um right what would he he wouldn't he have just gone back to her and been like okay let's you know rule the world i don't know yeah i think it's interesting and but of course that guru said you know don't he said let go of who you think you are which mm. i loved because i do that all the time i'll be like Oh, I did so great with this client. And then I'm like, what? No, you didn't. You're nothing. You, you did nothing. Or I'll be like, I really sucked at that. And I'm like, you know, you weren't so bad. You know, it's that, it's that balance, right? Um, being neutral with yourself. So letting go of who he thinks he is. Yeah. Is, is a kind of cool concept. Yeah. And I don't know what it means, yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting. It's just, it's, it's so interesting when you put those two moments together, I think, just because of like ang didn't fly ang couldn't exactly right but he was able to clear his chakra enough to do the work that he needed to do and zaheer is this i think again an extreme right it's it's like he's the second known person in the world the history of the world to fly Uh there might have been more but like that we all (laughs) that was recorded or witnessed or yeah yeah, in some way and i i just my here's my worry my worry is that what we're s- saying is that letting go and being detached in the way that Zahir was is a good thing. Mm. And I'm, I'm, I don't know if I, I have the ability or the wherewithal to place judgment on that. But what I do know is that part of Zaheer's detachment has allowed him to make some of the choices that he has mm-hmm. made throughout leading up to this moment. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's very problematic. Okay. Fair point. So then you're, what you're saying is it's almost like dissociate, right? So you can detach and dissociate, put things in the backpack, right. And go, okay, I got to get on with it. I'm a soldier. I have to do A, B, and C, but those things are right there. Still crawling, still crawling up at you. And so I think that's a really good point. I agree that um, there is detaching. There's a good and positive detachment. um, And then there's one that's self-serving and, Mm -hmm. um, and evil, right? It can be really evil um, and almost sociopathic. I mean, there's obviously trauma there. And then that leads to someone dissociating and being like, well, compartmentalizing. Well, and it can also be traumatizing to hear as a someone who is grieving, say, 
detach yourself from the world, right? Like, okay, no, she just died. Well, like, and he's that, taking someone with him. Let's not forget that. Yeah, I mean. it's, it's, um, it can be very problematic to have this be the ultimate goal is detachment from the world, Yeah, right? It can, it can be, yes. And, and there's all of these spiritual tenets that are saying that is the only goal. Okay, but most spiritual tenets also bring in love, whether it's yes. love thy neighbor. And so love is active. It's it's um it's it's severe. I mean, it guts you. Yeah. <laughs> right? It cuts you and it can it can make you the happiest or ruin your life. So it's like, okay, I feel that he took the one component. But if he didn't have the other component of love, I don't know. I agree that that is problematic, but that's not all inclusive of a spiritual tenant. Yeah. And I think that's, that's my question is this is one form of, of letting go of your earthly tether that we see from Zaheer. And what we're gaining is that this form of detachment is uh, getting you to a place where you can fly. And that is, certainly a a goal and if flight is your goal and letting go and detaching from all these things is your goal then I wonder if that is that level of commitment to this is harmful or is there a way to get to that point that is also balancing all these other things that is holding on to love in a, and I say that in a, like, is attached to love, so to speak, right? And I mean, I guess there'd be people, I mean, even, you know, Buddhists would suggest that, that they have both love for humanity mm -hmm. and a detachment from earthly things. Yeah. So there has to be a duality. I guess if it were me and I was jumping off there and I was going to God or going to the void, which is already a terrifying word, like, who wants yeah. to? Who wants to enter that? I, yeah. I mean, I want to enter <laughs> Disneyland. I don't want to enter the void, like or yeah. something, a roller rink. I mean, anything. But I was like, oh God, the void. Now, what does that mean? It also could mean that you're just making a choice to not be the identity you were before, which is beautiful, but also could be problematic. Yeah. And, and like when I think of being void, I, I think of like, nothing nothingness yeah nothing right? like black hole yeah and i or and i and i also think of void when it comes to like human emotion and human attachment is yes. numb right yes. i am not feeling anything yeah you're void of emotion you're void of animate animation expression yeah. you lose all the high highs but you also lose all the low lows and i don't i would never want that because yeah. i love being able to feel that's right. That is the push and pull because if you don't have either, you're just dormant. Right. It's, yeah. it's a void. <laughs> um, and so I, I guess that's my, my, my wonder and my worry here is I, I, I wonder if people are watching this episode and maybe I'm just have a low view of, of people, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but hey. like, I wonder if people are watching this and saying, I want to be able to fly. I have to let go of everything. Do you think? I, I guess it depends where you come from. And you're coming from that divinity piece, right? And I'm I'm coming from a person who's like scared of letting go of things. I'm a very like uh -huh. scared of letting things. I do it if I have to. Like 
wow, you know, I really loved that job and I didn't get it or whatever it is. And you have to let go of your, right? So as an actress, of course, you're up for a million jobs. You don't get a million jobs. And early on, you have to be like, wow, that act of me doing that, it doesn't define me. Mm -hmm. Oh, I really want it. Okay. Doesn't mean you'll get it. And I started to think, well, what if the person who got it wasn't happy? Like I started to like do this whole like storyline for them so that I could allay my own anxiety about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, it's a fascinating point who maybe these people are watching it and they're like, I don't know. We'd have to ask people. We should find out like, you know, and see what people thought when they watched it. And I certainly don't think that everyone is like, (laughs) Oh, I am in Zaheer mode, right? But I, I do think- Zaheer that, mode. Yeah, I do think that there are some people that are buying into this philosophy, um, yeah. which is an interesting concept um, to think about. One one definition I heard, or was as I was leaning into the, the research on attachment recently, was mm-hmm. thinking about how detachment is not, and I forget who said this, so forgive me to whomever I'm misattributing, um, it's it detachment is not um like letting go of of everything and become like this 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 picture of what Zaheer kind of yeah. is. Yeah. Rather, detachment is letting go of the fact that your concept of your future is the only possible great future, point. Right. Is it is recognizing that yes, as you kind of lifted that up, is I want this job. I, mm-hmm. I, I really want it. I'm attached to it. I hope for it, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be defined by it if I right. don't get it. Right. And so yeah, in a way, it's your identity. It's an yeah. identity thing. So I think you're right. I think um, saying to yourself, detaching doesn't mean throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right? You, yeah. you can throw little pieces. Certainly I can throw, but there's a, still a core of me that wanted to play that part or wanted to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I like the idea that when you detach, to me, it's like you're gripping and you just let go of the grip. You're not pushing the thing away into the void. Yeah. You're just like letting go. And then you're letting the universe, God, energy, Beyonce, whatever your belief is, <laughs> right? You're letting it take shape. That's what I do. So I grip something, I let it go and I watch it. Yeah. And I'm like, Ooh, gosh, I would uh, see if I had done it, I wouldn't have made that shape. I sh- I'm glad I waited. And it yeah. took me till my thirties to do this. I mean, my God, I was an anxious 20 something. I was a total gripper, constant, yeah, 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 full yeah. of anxiety. Um, and the device of religion, just as a device is brilliant, because even if you don't believe anything and you do it just as a scientific experiment, which is what I did and how I became a Christian, funny enough, mm-hmm. um, many years ago. You can just lean on it as a device and notice that the grip will become less and you can watch it unfold in front of you. It's fascinating. Yeah. I was thinking about what you were just saying kind of reminded me of the, there's a common concept when it comes to love of, and if you really love them, you have to let them go. Oh, totally. Yeah. And and, And if they're yours, if they're made to be yours, they'll come back. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's a really weird concept, but I mean, it'd be great, but who has time to be waiting like 20 years and, you know, be like, well, I hope so-and-so comes back to me, but it's true to let go of your idea of who that person is. And you shouldn't have any of your own ideas about them. 
And that's why they say, if you're a woman that likes to fix people, you're really in trouble. And it's true because you, you can't, that means you're not accepting that, that partner as exactly who they are right there. And if you want to do a house rehab on them, you're the problem. Yeah. And let me but tell it's you, it's, it's not just women, everybody. <laughs> this is for <laughs> anyone who wants to fix people. <laughs> but they have a bad rap. They're mischar- I think they're mischaracterized like, you know, yeah. as like the, the crazy woman who does that. And, and I was that person in my 20s. I was like, oh, he has this. I'm going to help this. I'm going to do this. And it's out of love. And then they'll thank me. <laughs> they'll thank me. This is right. This is right. <laughs> and then I would get exhausted. And I was like, why am I so tired all the time? And my therapist yeah. was like, hello you're you're going in overdrive for no reason and I was like oh my lord I had to really come to terms right with like what I was doing to myself and and to help some other person when they don't want my help yeah yeah so let's okay I want to keep this this moment in mind because it's definitely like the the pivotal moment here in this whole show in the whole episode but there, there are a lot of other moments too that Give us some more nuanced concepts into attachment. Yes. Do you have one in mind or you want me to just start shooting? Um, I was just thinking about her dad. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So dad, you know, is proud of her for <coughs> saving generations. Like, I'm sorry. I was like, I love you. Like, <laughs> I love you. Thank you for saying that. It was like saying like, good job on the spelling bee, but like way cooler because you're yeah. saving <laughs> freaking generations so I love that and of course um he I thought he was gonna die off that airship thank god he's so she I was, right I was like he's dead he's dead he's dead and he's cute I mean there's that he was like right know, very handsome um dead so I loved that there was that little piece of traditional family attachment yeah and I I actually comment on this on it's it's kind of distracting the, the family attachment in the moment. Uh, th- I'm thinking also between like Lin and Su Yin, who are sisters, and uh-huh. like Tone Rock and Cora, Mako and Bo Lin. There's all these yeah. family dynamics that are at play. Oh, I love Bo Lin. I, I was just, I'm, yeah. I'm obsessed. Yeah. I mean, you're right. There were, and there were all these dyads like throughout. Well, and then they had, uh, what's his name? Tenzin, right? They yes. had him too. And so, I know the names are like so hard for me to keep in my brain. So you're amazing. But I agree. There were all these little dyad pieces, even, even the Oogie and the, and the Bison. I was like, Oh, Oh, do you know the story behind Oogie's name? No. Oh, cricket. Can I just spread some joy here for for you? So Oogie is a, a term of endearment actually. Um, so Aang and Katara used to, uh, you know, have a little bit of PDA in the comics and (laughs) anytime they got all lovey-dovey, Sokka would say, you're giving me the oogies. Oh, that's funny. And so Tenzin heard that growing up and named his bison after the love for his parents. (laughs) I can't take it. Talk about how like how cute is that? And I mean, I almost wept when they were like, "We can't all fit on Oogie." Like I was like, "Oh my god, these bison!" I'm obsessed with the, with these animals and all the animals in Avatar. They just yeah. get to my heart. I mean, everybody just wants to help everybody, you know, well, not everybody, but many yeah. of them do. So, uh, but yeah, I thought that you're right. There are a lot of twosomes and 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 people throughout, you know, where they're showing some attachment. 
Well, and, and not just showing this attachment, I think it's like painting the, uh, painting a picture of this like interconnected web of, of ties to one another, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not, so like Tenzin is displaying for everyone to see his attachment to his parents and mm-hmm. his attachment to his family in that name. It's this, like he's, it's Lin and Su Yin when they're talking to each other behind this rock and they're like, Lin's like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to distract her for you. Yep. And it's like, okay, I'm I know. super distracted because you're my sister and yeah. I have to put, there's so much. That's why you you were right, right to say it was distracting. You're right. I was a little distracted by the, by the relationships between people in a good way, but yeah. also like I was invested. So you're like, but that's your sister, dude. You only, maybe she should stay behind. Like, you know, you, yeah. you just start that, to worry. That urge to protect is yes. fascinating, especially between Cora and Tone Rock. Yes. Who, father, daughter, but also yes. like avatar and, you know, world leader. Yeah, world leader. Right? I love it. She's like, yeah, he doesn't really like world leader. <laughs> talking about him yeah that was hilarious. yeah but it's interesting the, how Cora acts differently once she thinks Tone Rock is dead I know right she's kind of a beast yeah she like goes all out and talk, not to mention that she was whooping butt in chains let's just yeah she go. was that was such a rad fight scene by the way it really was like oh my god the fight scenes I know so I know good <laughs> But yeah, I, it's, this is just, it's really interesting to me because the way Cora changes kind of <sighs> the grief is very real. And I wonder uh, if she would have acted differently mm-hmm. had she thought he was alive. And I wonder how, how that would have been different and what would I think that it would put fear. I think it's brilliant that she thought that because when you think that your vulnerable attachment is alive, you you act in fear in life yeah. and there's yeah. no fear left. It's like, whatever. You yeah. Know? So I think that was kind of a great point. I think she would have definitely acted differently. Not just, it's a preoccupation. It's what you said. It's a preoccupation. Like that's my, uh, uh, you're a little torn. So in a way, how interesting that, that, that uh, you know, um, what's his name? the the main evil Zahir. Thank you. You know, it's interesting that Zahir, um, you know, became the void, jumped into the void, and yeah. in a way, so did she, and she shed her attachments because she yeah. thought it was gone. Well, and I, if I were to pinpoint what the the goal of letting go of your attachment does for you, it's it's these things in these moments of crisis that where it makes a big difference yes. if you can enter the void so to speak in this moment of crisis you are going to be able to think with more reason right i think and, so and, right but at the yeah, same I do. time i i wonder how often like thinking with our emotions helps us like i i, I there it's an interesting thing but but if reason is the goal and being able to is mm-hmm. logic is the goal then perhaps this this letting go of okay i know you're my sister but i trust you and this is how it's going to go and whatever yeah. it will be that is a yeah. detachment right yeah that is too that you're right it could be a hey let the chips fall where they may right that that's one and then there's the um but what's there's the one where you could just be like um 
I have nothing left, who cares, right? Or or you could say this war means more to me than the flesh that my sister and I have. Yeah, yeah, yes. So I think we're nuancing, nuancing, we're putting some nuance yeah. <laughs> to, to this, this idea of attachment, which is just really fascinating. Um, what else? What other moments of attachment are on your list? Mm, I was really just thinking about the cave and the fire. And, and I know that that's an oh, attachment piece, gosh. but like literal attachment. Well, the- right. <laughs> literally. And I was like, I just love watching him consistently protect his friends. Like, I don't know. I just, I loved, I never felt like he wasn't going to do it. Mm. Even though I was like, oh. and then they get to the end and it's lava. And I love how he's funny. Like, is it hot in here? Like just so yeah. self-effacing and humble and, um, and then saved by the bison, I guess. I, I, so I, I don't, it's not necessarily attached. It wasn't an, an attachment moment. It was just a moment that I really loved. To me, it was a big attachment. Moment. Oh, was it? Like, Good. You're, so we're talking Bolin, right? Mm-hmm. So this, I thought this moment was equally as important attachment-wise as Zaheer's jumping off a cliff. Oh, good. Good. Fill me and, in. Well, and, and and here's why. I think that, you know, Bolin, it, it was almost Hero's Journey-esque, right? Uh, the cave that you fear to enter yes. is, is the one you must go into in order to, to conquer everything. Yes. And, you know, he's literally avoiding this, avoiding the lava, avoiding the lava, going everything possible to avoid it until finally he must face the lava. Yeah, so and true. It's literal lava, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So he's going it's actually to going to burn you. And so die. he made this choice to say, he, like they could they could have jumped off the cliff. Yeah. Right. They could have they could have risked jumping and you know figured, but but he doesn't. He f- turns around yeah. and enters the void. Right. Oh my God, you're right. He detect like he's like okay, it's it's now or nothing, and that is a form of letting go. It is right? faith. It is the truest faith, I think to say I'm going to let go and have faith that whatever I can do will be enough. Or maybe he doesn't think anything, but he does create, doesn't he? Isn't there a wall there or rocks that stops it? Yeah. So he does manifest and slay the dragon. So it is. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting to me to think about it from that perspective too, because, you know, one would think that Bolin could have accomplished this without having to literally be facing the lava. I thought about that too. Yeah. You could have, instead of being so attached to metal bending, could have explored other things. And I think oftentimes our paradigms and our blinders to what we can accomplish block us off from the other things because we're so attached. 100%. uh, our, the, again, the goal that we see for ourselves, or we're attached mm-hmm. to this identity, or yep. we're attached to X, Y, or Z, and that blinds us to what we could become. Yeah, I mean, I think we all start out, and we have these narratives that grow, and sometimes our parents give them yes. to us, and sometimes we're like, oh, wait, what? That's not mine. What? Nope, that's my mom's. Okay, where's mine? Oh, here's yeah. mine, and then mine's going to change, and then you get married, and then they have a narrative. You know, it's like, it's a constant narrative which does encompass your identity. So they are hand in hand. So you're right. If he is, has a narrative that he's sticking to with an idea and an identity attached, you absolutely aren't giving yourself like a super 
chill chants, which is why prayer or reflection are awesome because you just sit and listen to the world and wonder what your brain and body are telling you. And it will come to you. You will understand. You will, you will feel feelings. You don't know why you have that's telling you something. Yes. Well, and it's, it's, again, we talk about this on the podcast all the time, but cultivating self-awareness, right. Is going to help us do this sooner, right? If we are able to continuously garner this awareness of ourselves through self-reflection through whether that be journaling meditation like even exercise yeah exercise like anything that's helping you be mindful and helping you grow in your understanding of yourself in tandem with feedback from people you trust yeah right and if if you're able to get those things and have the community of self-growth you're going to be able to let go so to speak, mm-hmm. of some of these blinders a lot. Yes. Sooner, right? I mean, I had them, right? I was an actress. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I was yes. 40. What in God's name else was I supposed What was I going to go do? <laughs> no, like it was ridiculous. But I did what I'm talking about. I lived, I gave up everything in LA, moved to New York, lived in a tiny, tiny, it was, it was like a closet. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let me listen to what I'm supposed to be doing. And within a year, I had, I moved, changed my life. Right. I mean, whether it was going to turn out good or not was actually not the point. I remember going to grad school saying, this is probably a dumb idea. It doesn't actually matter. And sure. that was huge to be like, wow. So I'm going to spend money and meet these people and pretend, yep, that's what I'm going to do. And if it works out in some way, great. And if it doesn't, it's doing something, it's moving my body. It's getting me to learn. Yeah. It's putting me in different environments. Um, and people would say, well, that's a privilege. No, I had no money. I had no, there was no privilege. It was nobody paid for it. You know, I lived at home and, and my mom fed me. Like it was sad to be 40 and be at your parents' house, your mom's house. Yeah. But it was also really humbling and really leveling in a good way. Yeah. So I did have to let go of some of the stuff I was used to getting or having and and having faith in, into a new direction. Yeah, it's, it's so, it is humbling. It, it is just to be in a space like, uh, and, and uh, I think oftentimes it is not said enough that we are allowed to piss and moan, mm-hmm. right? We are allowed to be mad and sad and frustrated and poor and, and feel sorry for ourselves and, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And, and that is okay. It is human. It is mm-hmm. natural. Yes. <laughs> right? uh, with perspective. Right. So yeah, yeah do it know. for a couple of days and then, you know, let's try something else and then let's, you know, but I always tell people, you know, clients, especially, you know, they'll say, well, I feel like I'm not doing enough. I'm like, what is that even, where's the barometer? <laughs> like who's, yeah. who's putting the scorecard down, you yeah. know, enough for who? Yeah. And then you do find out for who, right. Cause we all have those people. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, what other, anything else on your list? None on mine. What do you have? Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I'm curious. There's a, an interesting moment here um, that I wanted to just touch on because it's kind of signposting for next season with Kuvira. Oh, so yes. So Kuvira is the villain for next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's this moment at the end where Kuvira is like, hey, I want to go with you. I've, I've, I've proven myself here and I, I want to come with you and serve. 
And Suyin denies her and says, no, I want you to be in charge with, here. Yep. And I'm, I don't know that I have a point here, but I'm, I'm really curious about this moment because what it's indicating for me is that Kuvira, there's a lot, well, there's a lot of things it could indicate. It, it could indicate that Kuvira is, wants to be close to power and it could be, it could indicate that she really wants to do, she sees herself as really being an asset mm-hmm. and thinks she can make a big difference in conquering Zaheer. It could be, there's, there's a lot of different stories one could say. Yeah. I'm curious if you noticed this moment and if so, like, was, is there any attachment here? And there may not be, but I'm just I, I noticed curious. it too, because I remember being, I actually looked up the voice actress because I was like, ooh, first of all, I just love how she says, call me Kuvira. It was like, so, right. I don't yeah. know, intoxicating. And that's not a flavor in this show. So I was like, right? what a different season seasoning that I'm seeing in this soup. Mm-hmm. And I loved it because it was fun. And she didn't seem evil, like a, you know, that kind of thing. It just was different. And yeah. it also might be the voice actress, like great that she brought that, you know, to it. And then when she said she wanted to go with her and she said, no, stay with the wounded. Is that what she said? So stay I, I think the... so. Yeah. And I remember thinking that was so strange too. There was definitely some gravitas there I don't know like there was music and they were building something like you said it was indicating something I too don't know but I absolutely was now fascinated with this character yeah um and I was and I don't know why in my brain I felt like she was flirting with a male and I don't remember who was it Tonrock? I don't remember, but I thought, what is happening? Oh, interesting. Now we need to go back and watch just I know. I was like, what is going (laughs) on? Is she... I don't know, but I just, I, yeah, she's a great character. I mean, I, I don't know um, what happens to her the next season. So now I'm going to have to uh, yeah, do that because she was cool. But yeah, I, I did notice that there could be an attachment to service. I mean, even people in the ministry, right. Who are doing the best God's work. They're attached sometimes in a very negative way. Yeah. Doing good. Sometimes you have to kind of let go of that too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if she was attached to being of service and maybe there's ego in that. Cause there usually yeah. is like, look how much I can do. And I want to be told I'm great. And you know, a lot of that stuff. And just putting, putting Kuvira next to Zaheer for a second too, is thinking about Zaheer hasn't let go of everything. Mm-mm. Right. Because he is still very committed to his cause. Yeah. He's angry. Right. Still. Like he is, there's still something there. And so uh, again, I think this like, spiritual detachment to things is different than what Zaheer is doing and so I I, categorizing those differently I think is is still just important to me because I think that yeah I do too they are different and and I think it's kind of interesting that that worries you that's that's kind of cool that says that you're you're really in 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 um search of balance because when it's off balance it bothers you like you don't like terrifying feeling, <laughs> right like it's like that's not going to work for me because it's right? often uh wielded by people in positions of power in religions um and it is used to uh control and manipulate people uh who are following and it's it's, it's a form of spiritual abuse um, when it is yeah. lofted and utilized in a way that is not carefully kept in fair, mind. very fair. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, um, 
there were other small things, you know, we could talk about Mako's scarf and, you know, his grandmother's attachment to it. Or we could oh, talk, right? yeah, like, that's like that. true. That's true. That's a good one. But uh, yeah, I feel like we've had a, 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 a really robust conversation, conversation yeah. about this episode. I only miss Sunshine yeah. because his candle is still burning and he's right here with us. Even oh. though he's, he's not here. He's here in spirit. And mm. in fact, that just shows my attachment to him. See, right. there you go. So our attachment to wanting, you know, your normal show set up and the normal uh. cast, the people that are there that make it what it is. Yeah. You know, he's part of it. And it would be the same if you were missing, right? We would miss it. Oh, stop it. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, in order to keep things somewhat normal, we'll actually take a quick pause and invite our listeners into a little musical interlude. And we'll come on right back with a few more segments. for keeping on keeping on with the podcast we know that sometimes we just like to talk and we forget we how long it goes but <laughs> thank goodness <laughs> we have cricket to keep me from rambling too much me i'm the rambler i think you're gonna yeah, have to cut me off like listening to you they, like <laughs> when they listen to me they hear it all the time so they're like fast forward oh that's <laughs> not true all right <laughs> um but yeah, we're going to go into our next segment. Our next segment is Twee and La, which is a new segment for you. So I'm really excited yes. to do this with you. So the premise is we are trying to have some balance here and talk about some of the things that uh, push us away from this episode. Mm. Things that like either like made me, made you nervous or made you feel a little icky or you just didn't like it. Um, and then what pulled you in? What were the things that like really made you want to keep watching? What made you fall in love? What were, what, what yeah. was going on that, that you really enjoyed? Oh, those are great. And there's so many, right? But right. if I picked one, I have to say, um, it made me really uncomfortable when, is it plea? It's plea. Yeah. Um, came after, you know, the, well, not just Cora, but what's the woman's name? The, the fighting, the Lynn. Yes. So when she comes after the other women, it made me uncomfortable as a woman. I was like, oh, mm, and I get that there's people who aren't great and there's evil and good, but I don't know. I was like, what? You have that third eye and you could do so much cool stuff. Why, why, why are you doing that? Third eye freak or what are they call yeah. it? Three eyed yeah. freak. Like I just was bummed. And, and I don't know why it took me out of the episode. Cause she's a cool character. Yeah. But when she died, I was kind of like, oh, which is terrible, but yeah, I, I don't need her to be a nice girl. It was just that I felt like, oh no, why are we turning on each other? You know? Yeah. So that was a push away. Yeah. It's interesting that you lift that up too. Cause there was the, there's this moment at, 
in that fight scene where Lin is down. Yes. Right? And Plea is going for the kill here. Uh-huh. And it's that moment where I was like, why? Why? Like you, you clearly don't need yeah. this is seems like senseless killing. And I there's a problem with like senseless violence with the red light. Uh, I agree. Like this further extreme. So I, I agree. That was a moment that pushed me away for sure. It did? Okay. So that was my push away. Or is that the twee or the law? Or what is it? Yes. I feel like the twee and law are in constant motion. So sometimes okay. sometimes they pull. Here we go. <laughs> and then the thing that that pulled me in, um well Bolin's uh humor was my one of my favorite things sort of like Sokka like I just love that and then the um the very end where they jump on the big bison I mean I was just like such a happy such a happy person I was like relieved but I was also I mean of course there's still more you don't know where what's gonna happen to court like but I was like everything's gonna be okay because this little sweet baby is taking us you know and so that was one of my one of my pull-in moments yeah wow okay my the thing that pushed me away uh was this comment by Zaheer at the very end of the episode where Cora is like you killed my father and Zaheer is like I understand your grief yes and I was like no you don't (laughs) 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 and it's one of those things where I think oftentimes people say that and mm. aren't genuine. I don't know that Zaheer was actually like, and I, I think he did feel like he was being genuine. I, I do also... too. He felt like he was being authentic, but you're right. People all over say, oh, I'm sorry. It's what Brene Brown says, right? Stop yep. saying, I'm sorry. You don't actually know. Just say, what can I do? Or, okay, I'm here yeah. for you. Like join in. Yeah. And again, I, I think there's a lot to be said about Zaheer's intent here. Like he's not trying to console Cora. Like he's like, no. I'm trying to get forward on my goal here. Yeah, because he's gonna um, poison her. Right. Like, he's like, I understand your grief. I don't care. But like, I'm about <laughs> to go crazy on you, Cora. But yeah. Exactly. I mean, but moral of the story is I I did not love that line. <laughs> um, and so the thing that pulled me in was. I, you know, there's so much going on in this episode that really helps me like see the beauty of community. And, yeah. you know, from the very beginning with, with the airship and like all these people who are saying, we want to save Cora, we want to save the air nomads, mm-hmm. we want to make sure that everybody's, you know, safe. And then Cora is like, I have to do I'll it. do it. Yeah. But, but then everyone is, supportive of Cora. I know I was like well right? guys you could put up a little fight but they kind of know yeah it's like she's the saving link I I can only hope that I have that much faith in the people that are around me right I don't yeah well, and, and I don't right that's my point is like really special right it is. I mean isn't that terrible but we live in such different I mean look if we were in war which many yeah. people are a totally different conversation. I would trust Fair. my, I would trust people because I want to, but because I yeah. have to. The stakes yeah. are different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's different a good point. Stakes. Yeah. Ah, well, those, those are mine. That's my, my push and pull. We had your good ones. Yeah. Good ones. Yeah. I love this part of the show. This is a great addition. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew anything. Yeah. Okay. Time for our next one, right? This, that we, we have this huge segment at the beginning, like the full front two thirds, 
three fourths are all one segment. And now we have like everything all at once. Um, next segment is our devotion. So we're talking about the element of earth this mm. week. And so we're putting earth in conversation with attachment. Okay. And we are setting an intention for the coming week, something that we want to be mindful of. Uh, if we can, maybe it's something that we can put on a list and check it off as a smart goal. Um, I encourage, oh, I love that. The smart yeah, goal. Yeah. Encourage our listeners to set a goal too, right? We want everybody to kind of uh, aim to get better because we have to, it's not just thinking about the work that gets this done. We have to do the work. You're right. You're right. Because now I'm thinking and I'm thinking that what I would like to do for the week is I guess detach with love mm. from some of my clients who I worry about and I think about and it there isn't a lot I can do beyond what I do right it's not the rest isn't up to me and I, yeah. I can't be part of their every step and it is very earthbound because sometimes I just like go out to my yard barefoot and just like feel the grass and feel uh, the earth and isn't yeah. it the best and I'm like okay and there's something about that that does it for me. So I guess my intention, you know, for the week would be to, um, to let go more with love and to really dig into the earth to remind me that I can do that. Mm. Mm. I love that as this anchor almost. Yeah. An anchor. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I hope that you get some grass time in the coming. I'm gonna. Yeah. Okay. Got to take advantage before it gets cold, right? And then it gets yes, <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, okay, yeah. So for for me, I, I've been kind of mulling over our conversation, and you know, I, I think often attached. We mentioned at some point how attachment often goes unnoticed, and we don't know what we're attached to. And I think I need to start getting be, becoming a little bit more mindful of that because I I think that I'm attached to more things than I uh, want potentially mm. to be attached to. So the uh, the metaphor I guess that's coming to mind is thinking about how thinking about the structure of how we live and thinking about the uh, you know I never look at the walls of my house and I'm like oh how how, is, how are these all standing it's like you know, <laughs> years without right. like right like I it took I it took me forever to realize that again so true you can empty the water from out and underneath your washing machine and so I was like oh my god he's right I had no I these you need to write like a tip book on these like little life little things thing. nobody remembers exactly and so nobody like checks the foundation of their home and some maybe some like people that are like super type a that are like I'm gonna do everything right um but you know, just doing a quick check and like knocking on the metaphorical walls of my home and the structure and making sure that everything's like that. stable and like, okay, like, does this wall need to be here? Can I knock yeah. it down? Is, can I, will I have more space? Will it bring me more joy? If does it I need to be a different color? Does yeah. It can I paint be... it? Yeah. Uh, does art need to go on here? Yeah. All the colors of the wind. Let's, let's get them all in here. Oh, I love that. So I, I, and I think in practice, that will look like me just meditating on that for a little while and like taking a moment to myself and, and maybe doing that on a walk or maybe, oh, I love it. you know, so. I think and like rediscovering your actual home is a really cool concept. Yeah. Like yeah. no one does that. It's like rediscover. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forget like listeners. I just snap. Yeah. Ears. Like, what are they called? <laughs> What's it called when people do that? Um, I don't. 
I don't know. It's like I, a thing. I always snap. Anytime, like, people always look at me in classes because anytime the professor says something that's like, oh, I really <laughs> like that, I, I start snapping. And then, you know. Okay, I can barely snap. That's yeah. why I can't do it. Well, I try not to do it by making noise. So I, like, pretend that I'm snapping unless I'm in a room where it's, you know, somewhat more socially acceptable. But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What a cool intention that we've, we were both, yeah. we're we've the had world. some good ones. One intention well, at a time. Yeah. One intention at a time is right. But I like the idea that we talk and talk and then let's do something. Right. That's the goal. <laughs> See, we're on the same page. Okay. Oh, all right. Well, we can't end the episode without talking about who we're thankful for. Oh, so we good. always in gratitude. And I would love to hear who is a character in this episode that uh, really spoke to you that really, um, makes you feel thankful for whatever they gave you gosh i mean hate to be lame and say cora but cora was is my favorite and in this episode because she sacrifices herself she believes that her people are there and they lie and they get her in chains and she's she's just still so composed yeah like how do you it's embarrassing like that i'm so not composed like compared to and I know it's that you know, <laughs> war, but yeah. I, it just brought me a lot of joy to see while all these fights and all this stuff's happening that she's really stayed herself and really stable and yeah. Um, yeah. didn't like freak out. So that was, she was my favorite. That's why I'm great. Um, grace, graceful. That's why I'm graceful. No, that's who I'm grateful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That is who I'm grateful. All the all the things for. I'm like I'm graceful. No, I'm not. It's grateful. Yes, that's who I'm grateful for. Both all the things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just Cora is amazing, and you know, I you I'm. Ugh. If you haven't seen season four, the Kuvira arc, like now I need the, to. You need to watch like the end. You need to watch next episode. And okay, the and then first, the next first episode because there's a lot of uh, mental health things that are going on that I would love for you to- Oh, I'd love that. Okay. Uh, That would be a super cool conversation. That would be. Talk about trauma. Let's just put that in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay. For me, I am particularly grateful for, I mean, the problem is I'm grateful for a lot of people. You can pick um, more than one if you want. Yeah, I, I think in this episode, I'm going to lean into being grateful for Su Yin. Mm. And, and not because she kills Plea, but, um, but, ra- <laughs> but rather, I, I think that it's, it goes back to our conversation earlier around trust. Like there's this mm-hmm. um, trust between her and Lynn. Mm-hmm. That they had a really rocky season this whole season that they have been struggling with each other. And when it comes down to the nitty gritty, when it comes down to the moment, she puts a lot of trust in Lynn and it's clear. (laughs) There's her entire being, right. It's still that there's so much relationship there. And so I'm just really grateful for Sue Yen right now. That's nice. And I bet Lynn's really grateful. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Probably. Let's hope. (laughs) Oh man. Well, Cricket, we did it. We got we through. We did it. That was so fun. Yeah. I mean, gosh. We, we just waxed experience. poetic on the void. 
Yeah, we hit, we have entered the void. <laughs> Enter the void. And yes. now we'll fly. <laughs> we'll fly, but I'm too scared of the void, so I will not be going there. Yeah, yikes. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> well, I want people, if you want them to, to be able to find you. So uh, oh, yeah. how would you like to be found if you would like uh, to be found? Yeah, they can find me on Instagram. It's at Cricket World, but W-I-R-L-D. Mm-hmm. And then I'm on TikTok. I'm not a ton on there, but I do love doing some videos. So I'm on there at Cricket Lee and that's it. Yeah, that's the best way to find me. Awesome. TikTok and Instagram, you can find Cricket. Highly recommend. We'll also tag you and we'll make Yay! That- I know I'm excited for this. Um, this is, it's fun to do something with Cora because mm-hmm. we it doesn't often happen that crossover and I think people yeah. will be excited about it. Yeah, I think so too. I'm excited for it myself. I'm just, I'm going to go back and listen to it because when I'm not actually like processing what's going on. Yeah. Um, so that's really exciting. Yeah. So for everybody else, if you're new and you came on just to hear cricket, you can find us at BNB underscore pod on all the things as well. You can also find us on Patreon. Right now we are trying to get to a point where we can pay a living wage to our producer in particular. So Amen. You, that is awesome. Yeah, we would lo- love to be able to do that. We are a little shy at this point. So. Well, send me that information. I will, I will promote that too. Oh, okay, we'll do. <laughs> awesome. Well, everyone. Uh, I hope that you will join me in just being incredibly grateful for cricket. Thank you so much for, for joining us. My pleasure. I love you guys. I love what you do. And um, thank you for just being such intelligent, heartfelt people who happen to love the same stuff I do. Yeah. I accept that and welcome it and appreciate it. All right, everyone. This has been an episode of bending, not breaking until next time. Be well and do